Hi, and welcome back to OA on Air, the official podcast of O'Neill and Associates. I'm Kyan Isaacson. This week, we're honoring National Manufacturing Month with a special edition of OA on Air. We'll be spotlighting a local Massachusetts manufacturer, AIS. But first, in case you didn't know, Massachusetts is home to over 7,000 manufacturing companies and 250,000 manufacturing employees. One of those companies is AIS, based in Lemonster. For this week's special edition takeover, we'll be talking to Lemonster Mayor Dean Mazzarella, Bruce Platzman and Steve Savage of AIS, and Corey Ang and Frank Longton of the United Way of North Central Massachusetts. First up, an interview with Mayor Mazzarella. I am currently joined by Mayor Dean Mazzarella of Lemonster, Massachusetts. Welcome, Mayor. Good afternoon. It's a beautiful day. It is. Thank you for joining us. So October is National Manufacturing Month. And actually, recently, Governor Baker proclaimed it to be Manufacturing Month here in Massachusetts as well, uh, presenting the proclamation to Bruce Platzman of AIS in your home of Lemonster. Yes, pretty exciting. Um, So for those who may not know, AIS is a leading manufacturer of commercial office furniture, and they are based and headquartered in Lemonster, uh, where they not only have their office headquarters, but also a manufacturing floor. Um, And the company moved there about four years ago. Right. How has that sort of changed or affected? It, the building was start? built as a manufacturing building. It's one of the biggest buildings in Worcester County, if not the biggest. I it's mean, a big it's building. 600,000 square feet. You drive up the little hill into it, and you're you kind of taking a, taking a, a bicycle or a Segway or something <laughs> to get around the building. But, of course, today we count steps, so we all walk. But <laughs> literally at one point, that's what they, they use bicycles inside the building they to get around. They do, the little wagons behind them. And, yep. And, uh, and then, it, so it's always been manufacturing. And then... Um, the owner decided to close that particular division at the time, and the building sat empty through you know most of the recession, and then the I- the inquiries were really um, solely for um, warehousing, which is not a bad thing, but not yeah. what we wanted because it doesn't bring many jobs. And then uh, AIS came along, and it was the dream of dreams. It was the Stanley Cup. The you know, <laughs> the, it was the Bruce it was will really everything. appreciate that. Analogy. Yeah, it was. It was for us. It was. <laughs> Every sports category you can imagine, and uh, the Super Bowl and all sort of you know interwoven into one thing because um, it brought it, it kept Lemonster famous for its manufacturing mostly in the area of plastics, and so what it did for us is it brought jobs, it filled up a building that was sitting there empty, and uh, it just brought life back to that you know part of it, and so you know anybody doesn't have to look too far back to see that uh, at one time. Manufacturing was declared dead on arrival in Massachusetts, and mm-hmm. there was very little interest in it. We hung in there, though, and uh, so we were very lucky to get Bruce and and that whole team at AIS. Yeah, and they um, there's a, about 800 employees, I think. There Obviously, is. not all from Lemonster, but from the region. They were one of the of only from. as many years as we've been given out tax increment finances to work with businesses for them to to locate and then to grow. Um, they were under the jobs that they expected to hire um, at the time. And we, we said be conservative, but they're well <laughs> beyond what they anticipated hiring. But uh, I think it's allowed them, being on the one roof, has really allowed them to focus on you know, the core mission and, and focus on their customers. And you made the point of saying uh, manufacturing, there's a long history sure. in Lemonster, and then it did it sort of... Yeah, plateaued for a bit, kind of went away, sort of phased out. It's vibrant again. Yeah, and and we stayed with it though because we realized that manufacturing is what brings economies out of the uh, out of recessions Mm -hmm. and and setbacks. 
Um, and, and it got more diversified, and we could see that with the addition of robotics and automation. We could see that. And here's a company like AIS that insisted they stay here and not move to another state or another country, and, and uh, they've made it work. It's a good example that others should follow around the country to say, um, manufacturing's not dead at all. In fact, it's just beginning to really pick up. And we, we produce more plastic or more product in Lemonster today than we ever did because of automation and, and robotics. Um, whereas maybe there aren't as many, f uh, you know, manufacturing operations, uh, we produce more. So with it being Manufacturing Month in October, what else have you been doing to celebrate Manufacturing Month? We visit, we're, we always visit other businesses in, mm -hmm. in town um, just to make there's sure. there's a we, lot of them. It's yes, not just Oh, no, there yeah, are wire and cable businesses. Anything's really associated with uh, thermoplastics. Uh, it's just, it goes everywhere. It's everything from housewares and five-gallon buckets to, to things used in, 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 you know, surgery every day and medical devices. And, and it goes the whole gamut. And the machines that are made to bottle and, and uh, uh, you know, pharmaceuticals, it's everywhere. But it's, it's all, the center core of it is manufacturing. Earl Tupper, from Earl, who was uh, the inventor of Tupperware. And mm -hmm. there were so many people that, uh, you know, uh, former Mayor Doyle that owned the Doyle Works. Uh, 18 buildings in Lummis, they're all manufacturing, but his greatest, uh, probably his greatest, uh, were his inventions and how many process that, processes that he invented that are used today, even today, in, in the world of plastics and, uh, and biomedical in, in those areas. And so it's, it's for us, it's, it's a whole economy. And so you take, for instance, Bruce and AAS, they took it another level and they hired, I mean, they went out of their way to hire local contractors, local people. I mean from where they stay in a hotel to restaurants to things like landscaping and really simple things, but that really mean a lot to the economy. It's hard for me to travel any particular day around the city without somebody saying, hey, we picked up the business from you know, AIS. A lot of companies will sort of say that that's what they're gonna do when they come into town, when they move in, and then it happens a little bit, but then sort of memories fade and it drifts off. But it, it's 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 actually gotten even bigger. It, it become even more important uh, for the local economy. Well, and that was my my other question was it's been obviously incredibly invaluable to the economy. But what about just the community as oh. a whole? And not and I think AIS is a great example. They really believe in supporting local businesses, um, but also just among all the different manufacturers and, and companies in the area that really work together to support each other in the community. Sure. You know, manufacturing, one of the things uh, is the reason I think all ethnic groups assimilate in the city. It's my opinion. My father was in the plastic businesses, you know, my whole life and his whole life. And, uh, and, and so why they assimilate is, is manufacturing is a very team effort. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there is, uh, I think for sometimes when you may immigrate to this country, maybe you don't have the language and the skills at that particular point, or maybe you have the skills but not the language. Mm -hmm. At a place like AIS um, and, and also manufacturing, you can work your way up real fast. I mean, we yeah. have stories in town where people used to sweep the floors and now they're the owner of the company. Yeah. So, it, you know, it, it, and that's, that's not in every business. So where we have, you know, so many different ethnic groups there. You saw as we took the tour, there, there's a giant wall with over 30 flags from every yeah. different country you can imagine. It's all one of my favorite fun facts. About, it is. About, all about working together for this main mission. So it takes that team, and when you're part of the team, all those other issues go away. But real, it's been real important to, to have uh, you know, AIS there for a whole lot of reasons. Uh, some, most of our primary uh, 
events are sponsored by a company like AIS. Mm -hmm. So it, it has a multiplier beyond just somebody took a vacant building and filled it up and added jobs. Yeah, they added value in and, so many ways. And those people now have decent jobs and healthcare coverage. They can uh, you know, afford to live in the community rather than traveling in or out. And again, there's so many different ways to, to, you know, to, to quantify the impact of a multiplier, like having a company come in like this with 800 employees. Well, thank you very much for coming sure, and helping pleasure. us celebrate Manufacturing Month. And happy Manufacturing Month yeah. to you. No, it's a big deal. You know, you can't go far <laughs> and not find, tip over a bucket or look and find a label where something was made. And there's not too many places you can go where, you know, product isn't either partially made or made in Lemonster. Oh, well, that's a fun fact. Now we're going to have to keep an eye so out. So when you see us flipping over buckets and flipping over things in the store, you know it's somebody that's from Lemonster. <laughs> Thank you very much. Sure. Thank you again to Mayor Mazzarella for joining us. Next, I talk to AIS President and CEO Bruce Platzman and Chief Operating Officer Steve Savage. So I am joined by Bruce Plasman and Steve Savage of AIS. Bruce and Steve, hello, thank you. Hi, hello. So before we jump into Manufacturing Month and sort of the nitty-gritty of all of the, the details related to your work, um, can you tell us just a little bit about AIS, the products you provide, and what it is your company does? Sure. We're located in Lemonster, Massachusetts, and we are a contract furniture manufacturer. And pretty much from the product standpoint, we make anything that corporate America would need within an office, whether that's panel systems, collaborative-type furniture, accessories, laminate case goods, seating, uh, and all the different other ancillary products that would go with that. Okay. So all of your office desk, cubicle, and seating needs. And you have some really innovative and cool products, too. I mean, when you walk around your office, it's um, your typical office setup or cubicle and, and desks, but then you also have, you know, some alternative seating arrangements and chairs that turn into tables and things like that, which is a lot of fun. Yes. Anc ancillary furniture has become very uh, important within the office environment today simply because uh, workstations now have become smaller and smaller and uh, there's more openness so there's less privacy, there's less identity around uh, somebody calling their space my cubicle or my private office. So what corporate America is doing is creating more uh, we spaces mm -hmm. where people get to share uh, in some of the soft seating areas and, and things like that. So AIS began 30 years ago. Happy anniversary. Uh, <laughs> what made you decide to, one, start the, com the company, but also you did it differently than how others were doing it. What was the thought process there when getting started? Well, when we did start, we were coming out of uh, our just we're entering into a recession period, and we were selling, uh, or I was selling new furniture at a dealership. I was the president of a small dealership in Boston, and economic times were very difficult, and Arthur and I, Arthur Maxwell, who I started the company with, had this idea to get into possibly selling remanufactured and used furniture simply because in, the, in New England especially, you had all these high-tech companies that were literally closing, whether that be digital equipment, Wayne Laboratories, Data General, Prime Computer. 
you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so the source of supply was plentiful. It was at the right price. And we thought that with our selling skills, if we could align ourselves with a good remanufacturer, we could get the furniture at a very good price. We could recondition it and sell it for a price that was significantly lower than uh, in new furniture. And that was the reason uh, that we did start the company. So Massachusetts has a history when it comes to manufacturing and the importance it has played um, in, in the past, but it's not exactly known for it now. Uh, how has AIS been able to compete in traditional manufacturing in this state that really isn't known for its manufacturing at this point? Well, it's kind of funny because <clears throat> manufacturing, uh, a lot of people think manufacturing is a dark, dirty environment, and, and when reality is the factories are the most safe, technologically advanced places to work, and, and uh, AIS is a, a leader in the, what we call lean manufacturing, so we're really proud of uh, the type of product we produce with the short lead times, the value that it plays, so we, we kind of think of ourselves as maybe uh, not one of the high-tech companies you might think of out in the Boston area, but uh, when you step into our facility, we're, we're using a lot of very state-of-the-art machinery, and uh, it works well with the, the, the environment we're in in Central Mass. And it is, it is not dark. It is not dingy. It is not dirty. Your manufacturing floor is uh, quite the opposite of all of those things. Yeah, the furthest thing from it. But you, you're right, though, uh, as you started this before. You know, Steve, uh, and you had a quick conversation on manufacturing. This state is definitely a high-tech and biotech. At least that's the reputation. As Steve explained, uh, in Central Mass, we've really taken automation along with some manual skills, combined them uh, into creating a 600,000-square-foot manufacturing facility with over 800 people working out there. So over the course of a few decades, uh, you've had to make a lot of important decisions for your company and the direction it's going to take. Uh, one of the biggest being the decision to stay in Massachusetts uh, a few years ago when it was time to sort of relocate and think about the future of the company. Why was that so important to you? Well, I'm a Massachusetts guy, and what I mean by that simply is I was I was born here, I was raised here, I went to high school here, I went to college here. My entire professional career, which is now 40 years in running, uh, has been totally in Massachusetts. So I'm certainly committed, and I think this is the best place in the world to start a business and, and a family, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so that when we had an opportunity to consolidate our facilities in Hudson Mass, in which we had five buildings, we were asked by the board of directors to seriously consider, not only seriously consider, but they wanted me to move the company to either Mexico from a different country standpoint, or Texas or Mississippi, and that was really based on uh, different relationships that the board had uh, with business incentive people down in those areas. And uh, I pushed back hard, and they gave me just a couple of weeks to come up with a scenario that made sense for AIS to stay here. Unfortunately, we were able to hook up with the, the mayor of Lemonster. He had a building that was empty, and they really opened their arms to us and really wanted us to move there and help us with some local tax incentives as well as uh, some state tax incentives that, that helped through the evaluation. At the same time, you know, it really came down to, as that commitment to Massachusetts personally, I did not feel comfortable, and actually I wasn't going to be the CEO that would stand in front of our, at that time, 350 to 400 employees and say, thanks for getting us to this point, and thanks for a job well done, but we're out of here. Good luck in the future with you and your families. wasn't going to be 
something that Steve and I supported at all. And uh, been a great decision from. <laughs> Worked out for everybody. <laughs> yeah. um, so another decision, uh, an important decision that you've always made and prioritized um, to Steve's earlier point is being a lean manufacturer um, and always looking at ways to do things better, more efficiently, and that includes new equipment, new innovations that you're constantly bringing to the factory. Um, can you talk a little bit about those and why those are so important for a flourishing and growing manufacturing business? Well, as we all know, that uh, uh, certainly in Massachusetts, uh, labor uh, is very expensive. And so we're always looking at ways not, not to you know eliminate labor, but just to work smarter. And when we bring in the automation and the tools that we use, it's not always to uh, eliminate uh, positions. That's clearly more the case of simplifying the process. Uh, anything we can do to help improve the quality of the product that we're shipping to our customers and uh, anything that helps us increase the throughput within the factory. In other words, all of us working smarter uh, and able to produce more product with shorter lead times at a higher quality. So. So the team here is an amazing team. Uh, uh, we've got an outstanding uh, crew of engineers, and you know we love playing around with machinery and custom machinery, and, and we do a lot of uh, really good things. But I would add, though, that we don't do it unless it really truly adds value. So switching gears a little bit from the manufacturing floor, um, as a company, in addition to being uh, proud of, of being in Massachusetts and staying in Massachusetts, um, you also really support this initiative of being a mass-made company and really pushing other businesses to believe in that same sentiment and make a commitment to supporting other Massachusetts companies and organizations. Number one, why should other local businesses and organizations make that same commitment? And how does it affect your day-to-day work life and particularly the employees? Well, let me answer the second one first, which is, you know, how do, how do we respond to that? And we last year spent over $30 million in goods and services in the local economy, and we think it's the right thing to do and, and to support the local initiatives and local Massachusetts economy. And the reason I say that it's the right thing to do is that whether it's our organization or any other company that's either considering moving here or prospering here, they either want to come here because the the uh, economy is very strong, even stronger than the national economy. It's a great place uh, if you need very young, talented uh, individuals. We have some of the best schools in the world here, uh, universities to support that. And what I try to explain to people is that, you know, we can continue to make the Massachusetts economy not only stay strong, but maybe even get stronger if we support each other. And there's all kinds of economic studies that show that you know, for every dollar that a Massachusetts company takes in, it comes out in eight different ways to the Commonwealth as well as uh, to the economy in general. And what I mean by that is certainly our employees are paying income taxes, uh, personal income taxes to the state. So as we continue to hire more and more people, that number goes up. Our organization, which is successful, as well as all these other companies we're talking to, or they wouldn't be expanding, they're paying state income taxes at the corporate level. And then all these employees, they're they're buying, you know, they're buying goods and services from the local economy. They're they're renting or buying uh, houses or apartments from local banks. So it really comes out in a very significant way that 
for all of us to pitch in and support each other in the long run, short term and long term, is going to help all of us continue down that path of uh, prosperity. And speaking of working and, and employees, what would you say to people considering a career in ma- manufacturing or wondering what it means in today's world to work in a manufacturing company? I would say kind of, you know, we mentioned about the incorrect perception that people have uh, in, in manufacturing. And unfortunately, a lot of that starts with the parents, you know, uh, discouraging their kids from a career in manufacturing. And in reality, when you look at it right now, there are many more positions available than there are candidates to fill the position. So in an environment like that, you have a, a lot of opportunity. You know, you, you come in and you have a, a solid uh, pay structure. Uh, you also have many different uh, directions you can go. You, you know, you start in a factory floor, you can move into a technician, an engineer, a buyer. Uh, so someone willing to uh, learn and apply themselves, it's an amazing uh, field to get into. And, and if you think about it, you know, manufacturing is what really drives the economy. It's, it's where job creation, I mean, it, it's really all about job creation. So. Uh, it's an amazing uh, area for, uh, I, don't, I don't say all millennials and young kids and stuff, but anyone moving into the field has uh, multiple paths. So you, you, in, in manufacturing, you're also producing a product. So I think there's a lot of uh, sense of worth where, you know, essentially you're, you're seeing the fruits of your labor. You're actually building a product that you can touch and look at. So uh, it, it, I feel it's a very rewarding uh, career. And to your point, a lot of growth opportunities. I mean, even talking, I've spent time talking to some of yeah, your yeah, employees at AIS who have, you know, within less than a decade started at the most basic of levels and have been moved into senior positions and done the trainings and really found a lot of um, a lot of value in, in pursuing that as a career choice. There, there are a lot of employees here, and, you know, we'll, we'll always try to, hire within and promote within and educate. And so, sometimes we kind of joke that, you know, we uh, we develop employees and we build furniture. And, and we, we truly believe that trying to develop our employees and, and uh, move them within the organization and, and help them professionally develop is, is vitally important. We're talking today because October is Manufacturing Month. Uh, and we have had a very busy month once again at AIS in honor of Manufacturing Month. Can you tell us some of the highlights um, and also why it's so important to you as a company to celebrate this month every year? You do not let it go by without giving it, I think, really the proper attention you feel it deserves um, in a number of ways, whether it's mentoring and bringing in students or, um, you know, dignitaries from around the world, the government, like you kind of cover all the bases to make sure that AIS really embraces and celebrates Manufacturing Month um, really well. Well, I think we're both going to comment on this question. Uh, it's, That's it's okay. A, That's allowed. Really, and okay, to end the segment. But you know, we had uh, really a goal to really highlight the organization and really celebrate uh, Manufacturing Month. And one of the goals that we had was to get the governor in. And we were able to accomplish that. And some of the things that we did talk about when the governor was out here was not only to be able to show him uh, firsthand what we're doing as an organization but to really share with them what we would consider AIS being, which is a great corporate citizen. And, you know, certainly there are a lot of criteria that go into qualifying, uh, not that there's a formal award for that, for being a good corporate citizen, 
but it's you know it's growing it's uh, being concerned about sustainability in which we have 10,000 solar panels on our roof uh, what about diversity where well, we have 250 a woman actually working in our factory floor that's not our offices that's our factory floor which is great and that number grows on a monthly basis and all of our employees are represented by 32 countries which we proudly display a flag from each and every country uh, on in the manufacturing facilities it's and my so, favorite fun fact to tell people exactly and so we think we're doing all the right things uh, as a good corporate citizen and we wanted to celebrate that and we wanted to get the word out and we had a lot of other uh, other initiatives. We had 35 dignitaries come in here just a few days ago uh, that were looking from all around the world, high-level dignitaries, in which they were considering going back to their countries and talking about central Massachusetts and how this could be a great place to relocate a business if they wanted to do business within the United States because of all the reasons that we all know. Great place great location to universities, healthcare, great place to raise families, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, so we got to celebrate that as well. And I'm going to turn over to Steve because we did a lot of stuff with students yeah. this year, and he was involved in a lot of those. And it was important. Again, it ties into giving back to the community. Yeah, as Bruce says, it was really exciting. Uh, I mean, it, it, it takes a lot of time to, to pull an event off, but it, it's so worthwhile when, you know, for example, one of the uh, tours we had, we had three busloads of students from Worcester, three different schools in Worcester. Uh, they came in uh, from junior high to high school level. Uh, we had employees uh, who, you know, could tell their story. They sat in the big room and said, hey, you know, I started here a year ago and I'm already a team leader. And, and then, you know, to take these young kids and you can actually, you know, see their brains triggering. You know the excitement they see when they watch a machine cutting, and and then to kind of field the questions and answer and and, and, and show them there's a, you know there there is a great career path there. And, and again, beating the original perceptions we talked about of, of manufacturing and trying to change that, and uh, and getting kids in like that is is vitally important. We also work uh, as well at that point to you know develop the relationships we need to succeed in our community. You know with co-op ships and internships with local colleges and high schools and. And, uh, you know, that's our goal is to kind of to branch out, reach out, and work within a community and, and create the opportunity for the community as well as the company has. I think the best part of it, honestly, is, is getting the young kids in and, 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 and showing them what we do. Great. It's, it's a lot of fun. And we've still got a week left, and there's more <laughs> There's more <laughs> to come. Yeah, we thought it was all but no. Yeah, there's more to come, So, but that's that's great. Well, thank you both for uh, taking the time to talk to me. Happy Manufacturing Month, and um, I'm sure we will be chatting again soon. And uh, good luck for the for the last week of Manufacturing Month. Thank you. Great. Thanks very much. And up next, an interview with the United Way of North Central Massachusetts. So in honor of Manufacturing Month and our spotlight on AIS, we are joined today by Corey Ng, President and CEO of the United Way of North Central Massachusetts, and Fran Longton, the volunteer manager there. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you, Colleen. Thank you. And before we uh, jump into your work and working relationship with AIS, uh, can you just give an overview of the United Way and the work you do in North Central Massachusetts for those who may not know? 
Yeah, so um, United Way provides a number of services and values to our community. We support a network of 30 high-performing organizations through grants and financial support, uh, organizations that uh, you know and have heard of, the YMCA, Boys and Girls Club, as well as smaller organizations like Our Father's House and some of the smaller food pantries in our community, all with an uh, effort and goal to assist those most in need in our society. So we do that through our grant allocations with our agencies. We do that through training and capacity building for nonprofit organizations, convening organizations with one another. And I think most relevant to this conversation is we create platforms and opportunities for individuals, businesses, companies, and institutions to provide services through volunteerism and other activities uh, to our neighborhoods and our society. And um, that's what United Way uh, provides in terms of value to the community. I like to call us a sort of a, a platform to do good. And so, you know, we uh, create opportunities for everyday people to assist their friends and neighbors. It's a little bit of everything. Yeah, a, a little <laughs> bit of everything. But I think the best way to describe is that we're at the intersection mm-hmm. between social services and um, residents in the community, businesses, and other institutions. And, and really bridging those connections. Them. Yeah. Which is uh, absolutely oftentimes, sometimes more than half the battle. Yeah. So I did want to speak to you a little bit about your partnership with AIS. Um, as a Massachusetts company, they believe in the their Mass Made initiative and really do put a focus on supporting other Massachusetts businesses, but also supporting the communities around them. Uh, and I know that working with the United Way is one of the ways they do that. Can you talk about your work with AIS and what that has meant to the United Way community? Sure. So AIS has been participating in United Way uh, volunteer events and projects since 2015. They participated in our Day of Caring, which is our largest volunteer event of the year. This year we had 600 volunteers, and AIS had a couple of teams, and they go out to the community uh, agencies, and and they do hard work, paint, build bridges, all kinds of things. So AIS has been part of that. They actually sponsored our Combat Hunger event in 2018. Uh, That is a meal packaging event where we give meals to local food pantries. And uh, the latest and greatest Partnering for Literacy program, it's an early childhood mentoring program, and they are our, our pilot partner, uh, and they have been really phenomenal about supporting us with volunteers. And, and really, Bruce has been really great about um, having his employees participate. It's, a, it's an important part of his work, and uh, it's been a real pleasure to work with him. So for uh, anyone... Yeah, I'd just like to... Oh, no, go for it. Oh, thanks, Diane. No, I just wanted to add to that. I think... Um, To Fran's point, they've been with us on a number of volunteer fronts. But, you know, the way I would characterize AIS's contribution uh, to the community is they're a roll-your-sleeves-up company, right? So they really believe in getting their employees, their associates, their leadership out into the community to really do hands-on work with the nonprofit network that we support as well as other institutions. So, um, you know, when you uh, think about... Our volunteer options we have a lot of different categories and people can go deep they can go shallow they can do long term they can do short term but i think one of the coolest things that i think we've done with ais has been a, this partner for literacy event where we really are promoting 
uh, early literacy through partnerships with local school systems. And AIS has actually helped us to pilot that initiative. They're one of the first organizations to work with us on that particular initiative, where they bring employees into the schools to do literacy support, uh, mentoring, and tutoring for um, kindergarten students. And that program has gone on for a couple of years now. Yep, we're on third year. And it has been so effective that we continue to be invited back. And we're now looking to expand this effort to include other companies and other school systems. So really, AIS has been a kind of a pioneer with us in thinking about how we can use volunteerism to support educational success in our community. Other than um, volunteerism, I know that uh, staff and employees are involved with a lot of the projects, as uh, Fran mentioned. But what are some of the other ways that AIS specifically is working with the United Way and your team? Right. So AIS has been volunteering with us. They've been sponsoring many of our events and had an opportunity to meet with Bruce a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he had me in his office. And one of the things he said is, how can we do more? How can we support you in your work? How can we go even deeper? And it's at that time that I actually recruited Bruce to serve on our board of directors. I think he brings a tremendous perspective. He served on other nonprofit boards. He has a commitment to the community. And he, um, with, before I even finished my sentence, said, absolutely, I'd love to do that with you. Uh, also, AIS is what we're happy to, to announce is that AIS is going to be launching their first employee giving campaign uh, this year, this winter with us, where we're going to really work closely with uh, the leadership and the associates and the staff to provide platforms and opportunity for giving and for volunteering um, in, uh, at not just the leadership end, but the associate end as well. So we've really entered into, I think, a more robust relationship over the last year, and we're looking forward to this relationship uh, to continue to grow and to work with one another to achieve impact in the community. Before we, before we wrap up, um, just as a, as a plug for you, anyone that would be interested in talking to you about how their company may get involved, manufacturing or otherwise, um, how, how would they go about doing that? Uh, they can reach out to me, and uh, my phone number is 978-345-1577, extension 311, or they can just email me at fran at uwncm.org. They can also go on our website to learn a little bit more about the organizations that we support and what we do around volunteerism at uwncm.org. Right, and they would just click on Volunteer Center. So we're very happy to help anybody that's interested in any particular projects or just generally want to know about the volunteer opportunities. All right. Well, thank you both for, uh, for joining us this afternoon, and uh, we will, I'm sure, be in touch soon. Up next, Two Minutes with Tom, where Tom not only talks about Manufacturing Month, but gives a special book recommendation for the week. Hi, Kyan. Hi, Tom. Thanks episode, for the countdown. Episode, episode 67. 67. Pretty good. Special edition. That means we've been on the air for over a year. We have been. You and I. Does it feel like that? Uh, no, you make it feel very easy, so it comes and goes pretty quickly, and it doesn't feel like that at all. I appreciate that, sir. <laughs> Two Minutes with Kyan. Two minutes. If, if we with put Tom. all sixty-seven shows together, I think it's like four days. And <laughs> <laughs> and with Tom. Yeah, yeah. All the days with, with Tom. Korean, yeah. These are the days of our there lives. There you are. There you are. <laughs> so it's Manufacturing Month. It is. It's manu- It's National Manufacturing Month. Earlier this month, 
Governor Baker proclaimed it to be Manufacturing Month in October as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, we've had some of our manufacturing clients in, to mm-hmm. do a podcast, haven't we? Huh? We have. So this one we are looking at AIS specifically based out of Lemonster. Um, often and, overlooked. Our manufacturing sector often overlooked. It is. Um, and, and more or less taken for granted. A lot of people look at manufacturing and say, hmm, all these jobs going wanting where they were once so plentiful they're being replaced by robotics. But what people don't know is that we have over a quarter of a million mm-hmm. manufacturing jobs in the state of Massachusetts. So we ought to celebrate it because it's a very important piece of our overall economy. It's a big sector. It's, that's yeah. correct. And so you know, we, have, we have swaths of uh, geography in the state of Massachusetts where you'll find the manufacturing sector in places uh, that you don't expect, like Cambridge and Somerville, but then in places as well where you do expect it, Lemonston, uh, Lemonster, Air, Fitchburg, and that area of the state, yeah. and, and the Worcester County area, and then out in the west as well, out in the Springfield, greater Springfield area. So there are pockets of manufacturing uh, capabilities around the state that we're all very proud about. Where it's alive and well. And alive and very well, and again, a thriving component to the overall economy of our state. Very important. 250,000 jobs, 7,000 companies that manufacture. 250,000 manufacturing jobs. It's a lot. It, it's, it's a lot. It's a, it's, a, it's a real muscle in the arm, to be very honest with you. And as we flex the economy's arm, you know, you look very much at not only the service capability that we have in Massachusetts, but also the all-important manufacturing sector. And one of the things we talked to uh, Bruce and Steve from AIS about specifically is the brain power that we have here um, from our colleges and uh, universities that are obviously highly esteemed um, and how it's such a – that really helps grow that, that base for them. Um, and to your earlier point about people thinking robotics and things are taking over, you know, one of the things they talked about was innovation has been great for business, but you still have to train people to operate those – machines absolutely too. so there's there's more yeah and the science and research that gets done here requires new manufacturing capabilities and more jobs mm-hmm. um, and it's it's a real contribution to the overall economy and well-being of our economy here in the state of Massachusetts yeah so yeah. happy happy manufacturing month happy manufacturing month and hey while we're also on this let me um, let me also switch subjects for one quick moment and you know impeachment is kind of all over the air radio, television, social media, and so forth. Um, I got a book. It's a, it's a yes. 35-year-old book. I, I know I'm, pop, I'm, I'm, I'm famous for doing this to you, and I apologize. That's okay. Uh, the book You're is by Jimmy Breslin, How the Good Guys Finally Won, and it's about, it's about the Nixon impeachment, and it's a fascinating story, and it's great, and I urge people to pick it up if and when you can find it. Uh, it it's great. How the Good Guys Finally Won by Jimmy Breslin. That's all I have to say this week. Thanks. Thanks, Happy Tom. Happy manufacturing. That's it for this week's special edition of OA On Air. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever your favorite listening platform may be. You can also check us out on our own O'Neill & Associates website. Talk to you next week. <laughs>